Life Audio. Welcome to the TMUS Podcast, where we share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater. What's easier for you to swallow, criticism or praise? Most of us will say praise. Now step back and think about what you're most often feeding your spouse. Is it criticism or praise? Today, we're going to share how you can be more intentional to praise each other in marriage. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. So, Ted. Yes, my dear. We have always shared a love for good food, which is why a lot of our dates center around food. It's true. Sometimes we uh, cook something special at home. I enjoy the process, you know, the different ingredients. We've dis- we've uh, discovered that you use good quality ingredients, not a multitude of ingredients necessarily. Yes. And then sometimes we just go to a restaurant and chat and eat. Yeah, food is a thing. Jesus ate food. He did. Yes, this and is true. He has true. Some good conversations over foods. So. Yeah, food builds connection. Yeah, well, I thought it would be fun to talk about some of our favorite shared food experiences. So are you up for a round of rapid-fire questions? You can rapid-fire. I will respond at my own pace. Just don't be like one of those sloths in Zootopia. Okay. <laughs> my plan. All right. Favorite dinner and a show meal? Uh, we've seen some good shows. Yes. So... You know, maybe we, we saw a show in Atlanta, right? At the Fox Theater. Uh-huh. And beforehand, we just ate, was it at that pizza place? That was pretty cool with the family. So, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, I was thinking kind of like the Shakespeare Tavern. Oh, my lands. When we got to yes. sit in the, what oh, were they? The, the seat of excitement. Or seat yes. Of something. Seat of excitement or seat of thrill. Because you're really close to the stage and there's lots of fake blood. By you. Right. Or the magical dinner. Not a lot of fake blood in the uh, comedies, but in the tragedies. Yeah. Yes, there was a lot. Okay. Mm. Favorite fancy restaurant meal? Um. Well, we we ate in Paris. There were some fancy meals there. That's pretty fancy, just eating in Paris. In Paris. That was our honeymoon. Yeah. Um, in the Latin Quarter, in Italian Latin food. Quarter. Italian French food is the best. <laughs> All right. Which is kind of funny. French Italian food. Yes. Okay. So like a favorite home cooked meal. This could just be like, what's one of your favorite things that we 
take the time to make it home and you eat. You know, I like to make sauerbraten. But I also like when you made this uh, lasagna with bechamel sauce or whatever. Yes. And then you made something else. Is it beef bourguignon? Uh-huh. Those are all the like recipes that take a lot of time to simmer on the stove and to develop flavor. I haven't made The sauerkraut takes like three days to marinate and then a long time to cook. Then the other ones take a lot of time. To right. I think sauerkraut is the one we've made most recently. We might have to revisit those other recipes. Definitely. Oh. Okay. Favorite comfort food meal? I like fried chicken. Yeah, you do. Fried chicken thighs. I, it's just that or curry. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Chew. Are you answering Comforts. these questions? I've been getting out of it. Well, I said Shakespeare Tavern yes, that or Magical was, Dinner. Yeah. Um, magical right. Dinner was a, that was. I like I, comfort food meal. It's probably when we get Indian takeout. I mean, that's like comfort food or Thai takeout. Those are comfort food meals. Okay, favorite. We saw it on diners, drive-ins, and dives meal because we've gone to several restaurants. We have the only one that comes to mind right now is that one big hot dog up in. That's the Rockies. What I was thinking of too. <laughs> the, not the Rockies, the uh, Colorado yeah. Springs. Area. On the way to like Aspen or something, yeah. right? It's, big hot dog. I don't even remember <laughs> if it was good or not, but I do remember going. Yeah, that's that was good. fun. Okay. Yes. Can you think of any others? There's a there's there's a local uh, place here in Casa Grande called Big House that makes good burgers. Yes, I have not tried their burgers. I've had their breakfast. They're good. All right. Well, back in like I think it's like 2014 or 15, something happened that disrupted our shared love of food. Like out of nowhere, you came down with a medical condition that affected your sense of taste. <laughs> what was that called? This is the weirdest thing. It's called dysgeusia. And it's not lack, it, it's not where you lose your sense of taste, but where your sense of taste gets skewed. And everything tastes sort of a metallic, I don't know, just a, a gross metallic flavor, everything. And it lasted for like months. It was months. I don't know what triggered it. It wasn't COVID because that didn't exist at the time. And it's not the thing that people get with COVID. Right. It was just a twisting, skewing of my sense of taste. And like we, at that time, one of our favorite, like, dinner and a movie things was staying at home cooking crab cakes right i don't know if we were eating crab cakes yet i think that came later chicken wings something yeah i don't remember maybe it was crab cakes ribs anyway we're digressing here we are dying (laughs) anyway yeah it was uh it was pretty rough and see it was hard for you i mean it's harder for you but it was hard for me too because i felt like we bonded over food so much and suddenly you no longer enjoyed eating and it was felt like a little bit of a loss. Yeah. Um, but it took what that happened. That was for several months. And then your taste eventually came back. Came back. But sometimes I still bring you something that actually you actually could taste, which was the one. Yeah. The one thing that that for some reason tasted good was McDonald's breakfast burritos with their uh, salsa. Yeah. So sometimes I still bring you that if I'm out early. It's really weird. Yeah. OK. So. You know, those listening, they might not know what it's like to live with this like appetite killing condition, as I'm going to call it, but they probably do know what it's like to be fed something that's equally hard to swallow. And that's criticism. Oh, that's a nice segue. Thank you. Because criticism can taste rancid, right? Disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even when it's given under like the best of circumstances, sometimes it's painful to ingest critical words. 
you know, that point out our faults or judge us. Or if they're true or not true. Right. Or if they're not true or if they are. You know. Yeah. But I think what's interesting is that no matter how much we dislike being fed criticism, the sour taste of it doesn't stop us from criticizing other people. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure why, but sometimes it seems like it's easier to criticize than praise. That's the way we're sort of made, isn't it? Or the way we are. I don't know if we were made that way, but yeah, you want to critique something, you want to criticize something, you want to evaluate it. And we tend to evaluate the negative, identify the negative things, just sort of drawn to what's broken and what should be fixed. And that's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we spend so like you and I, you know, we spend so much time together. I think it's easier with the people that you spend so much time together to notice those things. Sure. Well, you think of like a church service. It's easier to critique a sermon and point out the bad things, the things you didn't like or that fell flat than to like discuss it and pull out the helpful points. I mean, it's right. We're just, yeah, we're bent on critiquing and criticizing. Right. It's easy. Anybody can do it. But the thing is, we all need more praise than criticism. I mean, yeah, constructive, love-filled feedback, you know, that can help us grow. I mean, there's a there's a place for that, speaking the truth in love. Absolutely. It's necessary, um, especially if it's sandwiched. But negative critique isn't what we need most. Like a few years ago, I actually read an article in the Harvard Business Review. Well, I probably scanned it, but it said that we need at least five words of praise for every word of criticism. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot, right? Yeah. There's probably a lot of uh, nutritional. Wow. I should have thought of this word first. We're <laughs> starting the sentence. Um, yeah. I mean, if you think, okay, if I think about it, I tend to remember people's criticism of me more than praise. I mean, years later, that's what I will remember. And I have heard someplace, you know, people will remember how you make them feel. And I think maybe that's because criticism makes us feel bad. We, rem- you know, I don't know. But even with things I've written, I remember the negative reviews more than the positive reviews. We won't get into the details of those, but there have been some mean ones. Yeah. Okay. So how can we start feeding each other more praise than criticism? Well, intentional. Right. Well, I have some practical points. You got to be unnatural. Yeah. You want to go into the practical points and you can pull that in? Okay. Okay. One, I think we need to adopt a grace-filled perspective. So we've talked about grace a lot on this podcast, but just to refresh, grace is undeserved kindness. And there was one day I was taking a walk and I was listening to like, oh, albums from like the 90s, like when I was a teenager. And I think I was listening to a Stephen Curtis Chapman song, the one that's like, you know, in the sun sets us free, you will be free indeed. Man, yeah, that one gets me at the end. And something about, as I was listening, I was thinking, well, the sun sets us free because of God's grace and what he did for us on the cross. And so grace, it unburdens our hearts. You know, it brings us freedom. And I think when we extend grace to each other, we also offer freedom to the other person, you know, freedom from our expectations and freedom from our judgment and personal preferences, you know, because a lot of times I think when we're criticizing and judging each other, it's not because the other person has sinned. It's because they've missed our mark. You know, they haven't done things to fulfill our expectations. That's interesting that you use the word freedom because I remember years ago when I wrote my uh, master's thesis on laughter freedom was associated with laughter 
and sort of a uplifting of your spirits and stuff. So interesting. I mean, that kind of goes back to our whole thing of a lighthearted marriage and having unburdened hearts. There's an episode on that, folks, if you haven't heard it already. So if we start feeding each other genuine praise, I think it begins by changing our mindsets, you know, changing from that natural inclination to criticize and adopting a grace-filled perspective toward our spouse. Okay. And I mean, think about the word adopt, because I picked that intentionally. Like when we adopt something, it's meant to be permanent. You know, God doesn't temporarily adopt us as his children. You know, when people adopt a child, they don't temporarily adopt them. It's a permanent thing. Right. And so I think a Adopting a grace-filled perspective is meant to be a permanent and ongoing lifestyle decision for us. Okay. I'm going to break the the fourth wall. Is okay. that a thing? I don't think on a podcast that's a fourth wall. <laughs> on a television show, yes. Um, in your notes, you wrote, God didn't temporarily select us as his children. He's not just chaperoning us for a few years. Yeah. That's a good sentence. You should have said that. I was trying not to defend solely on my nose okay. and kind of like be a little more. Shack yeah. Morning. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now. I mean, when you think about it, it's really interesting, right? Yes, so adopt. Yeah. Okay, so one practical way is we can focus on progress rather than perfection, which I know we've talked about before. Right, 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 right. Because practice makes progress. Right. Because, I mean, the simple truth is that praise, not criticism, is what encourages us to want to continually improve, you know? Right. You'd rather be, what, honey, flies, vinegar. What's that? (laughs) You attract more flies with honey than vinegar is it that uh, i don't know if you want to attract flies wait no more you're right yeah it's something like that we're gonna think of it when we're done recording <laughs> or in like five minutes one of us will go oh that's what it was okay <laughs> moving on okay so two check your vocabulary and the tone of your praise so i'm gonna pick on you just a little oh, bit yeah. i'm not really okay. picking on you but you're gonna be the acceptable okay. here all right Okay, so Ted, sometimes I will share an idea with you mm-hmm. and you will lightheartedly reply, that's not a bad idea. That's not the stupidest thing you've ever said. <laughs> right. Or and sometimes I'll then respond with, well, I guess it wasn't a good one either. You know, I tease you over your word choice or rather than affirming me with that's a great idea. Sometimes you'll be like, yeah, I've heard worse, you know, <laughs> or instead of saying you're right, you'll be like, you're not wrong. So I Why do that. I don't know, but she's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Did you not realize I went, that so much? Uh, I guess I do, but now I'm, I need to really think about why I do that. Right. And I'm not picking on you. Like I said, it was just a really good example. And I've used this in an article. So you've already been like, sure, go ahead, share it. So you're being playful. 
And most of the time, it, there might be moments if I'm a little sensitive, I might mm-hmm. be like, but most of the time it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But I think this example helps illustrate this point that it's mm-hmm. not enough to simply recognize each other's progress and acknowledge it. We also have to be intentional about the vocabulary and the tone we choose when we give praise. You know, because I think the the words we say and how we say them make a difference on whether our spouse actually feels affirmed. Yeah. Right. That's so, great. That's a great point <laughs> there. Are you affirming me? Huh? Thank Absolutely. you. Yes. Okay. So how can we check our tone when we praise each other? Well, I was thinking about that. I was thinking back to like, let's pretend we're Ted and Ashley early 2000s, like first few years of marriage. Okay. So we were having some schedule issues. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And you're early to bed, early to rise, and I'm late to bed, late to rise. Or even late. Like, I remember calling you at one point early in our marriage and saying, hey, at like five, hey, what time are you going to be home? Because I'm working on dinner. But you weren't used to coming home till seven or eight, and, nine, you know, and so we kind of had to to work through that. And as we started syncing our schedules more, which meant you having to kind of be intentional to try to come home earlier, I could have said there's two ways I could have responded to you. I could have given you praise in a couple ways. I could have said something like, I noticed that you're getting home a little earlier than you were last week, but you're still coming home later than I would prefer. Okay. Or. I mean, how would you feel if I said that? It's accurate. It's true. But I mean, I, the first part is sort of positive. The second part is sort of a kick in the... Yeah. You know. It's like, I'm praising you for progress, but then I'm shaming you for your lack of perfection, in a sense. That might not be the intention, but that's how the words could come across. Okay. But what if I said something like, I appreciate you getting home earlier today. I notice you've been doing that more regularly, and I really appreciate your effort. I mean, that's much more positive. There's no like, hmm, you're still missing my mark. Yeah. No, I, I could see how you don't need to include the, hey, could maybe can you try to come home a little earlier if you let that part of it go from time to time. So right. in an interaction, you could only include the positive affirming kind of words. Well, and the thing is, if we were working on it because we knew it was an issue, we already had the conversation where you knew I was feeling frustrated and disappointed. So it might not be helpful for me to continue to reiterate those feelings yeah. every time we talk about it. Okay. So that's, you know, that's yeah. a thought. I think for most of us, we're likely to continue to make an effort if we feel like what we're already doing is being seen and applauded rather than our shortcomings as we're trying to make progress being denounced. Right. Right. Because the, uh, the sort of correction I might, try to do better just to avoid the correction. And maybe that's not the, maybe I shouldn't try to avoid, maybe I shouldn't do things to avoid negativity. Maybe I should do things to, so it's all positive. We're all positive. Yeah. Rather than fearing that you're going to make me upset. And so that's why. The wrath of that. But some people might give up and go, well, I can't please this person. I can't please my spouse. So why am I even trying? Okay. I mean, I think that's another potential response is huh, they're just going to criticize me no matter what I do. So never good enough. Right. Exactly. Okay. So number three, keep your praise focused on your spouse. This is one of those that goes, what? what? That, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. So <laughs> I often equate praise with compliments and I'm not necessarily wrong, as you would say. <laughs> 
you're not wrong. Right. Because if you look up the word compliment on like dictionary.com, you know, the definition is an expression of praise, commendation or admiration. So, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. We have a trusted source that's saying, yeah, praise is expressed through compliments. Right. There's compliments with an I and not with an E. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. But like, okay, what's the last praise you gave someone? The, I think I told one of her daughters that her paper was good. Okay. I helped her do some editing on it and I said, yes, it's a good paper. Good job. Yes. Okay. Well, that's not going to fit what I'm about to say. Oh. <laughs> but because <laughs> like, I think one of the last things I said was, I like your shirt to someone. Oh. You know? Sure. Um, and that's pretty generic, you know? Yeah. Things like, I like your shirt. I thought you did a great job. The pasta is fantastic. They're kind of nonspecific and they're more about me. I liked it. Oh, I think this, you know, rather than what I appreciate about the person I'm praising, like what I appreciate. So, which leaves me wondering, you know, if compliments, at least in the way we're giving them, are enough, like, or is praise best expressed instead through specific encouragement? I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually have a quote from Jennifer Rothschild, who actually worked for for several years. Love her. Um, and she explained well the difference between like a compliment and praise. And she said, when you encourage someone, you acknowledge something God already put within them. You celebrate their strengths and point out their potential. I guess I don't have the contrast. I know in the original article that I pulled that from, she kind of goes through the contrast. But I like how she's saying, you know, when you affirm or praise or encourage someone, you're celebrating things about them and noticing the things that God has put in them. And I think, you know, like you make really yummy food. Sometimes. Sometimes I, I make <laughs> blunders. Yeah, but for the most part. So like you made really good Mexican rice. I learned how to make Mexican rice finally after all these. Right. And I think that when I complimented you on that i wasn't just like oh i love the rice i was like this is like as good as mexican restaurants uh -huh. like the flavoring and seasoning so it was a way to kind of acknowledge your skill and the time and the thought that you put into it rather than just saying oh this is great rice you know and i think we can all take time it takes more effort it takes more work to step back when we compliment each other praise each other right the thing is when you're specific it it demonstrates that you're taking notice that you're not just passively or casually you know great job but you're giving it some thought right you're giving the person your attention and i think we try to do this with our kids too instead of yeah. saying oh you did great we'll be like i really liked how you did this or one of our daughters sang it something the other day and i was like one of the notes you sang just gave us chills i mean that's kind of about us but it says that her when she hit that note it it moved mm -hmm. us. That might not be the best example, but we always try to be specific with our kids instead right. of just saying, um, but I'm not sure I always do that as well with you. So I could be more intentional. Yeah, I think we all could be. Yeah. Well, and I sometimes get in moods where I'm a little more, I have weeks where I'm like, it's easier to be critical than praise. And sometimes I don't catch myself for a few days, you know? Yeah, I have years where I, it's easier to be critical than offer phrase. You have your, um, you're not an old man, but you have your grumpy old man moments. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, can we Get just keep the, 
Can we keep the conversation positive? <laughs> anyway, all right. Mm-hmm. To recap, three ways we can feed our spouse more praise are one, adopt a graceful perspective. Mm-hmm. Two, check our vocabulary and tone of voice. Three, keep our praise focused on our spouse or their strengths. Yeah, that's real practical. It's like another tool in the in the toolbox. Right. Which is a lot of what we talk about on here. Mm-hmm. Where we just like to share tools that have helped us. And- sure. And hopefully help others. All right. Us time challenge. Yep. All right. Yes. I just kind of phoned it in on this. <laughs> what do you want to guess? Uh, feed your spouse more praise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the Team Us podcast. We're looking forward to next time as we keep talking about how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. Team Us with Ted and Ashley Slater is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.